The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Answers Live, creating a partnership of good health. I am your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. A little background on the, our group. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists is located in Morristown at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. We can be reached at 973-285-7800. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state specializing in brain tumors and back surgery. And don't let insurance dictate where you go. We do see all patients. Um, to visit us on the web, it's www.ansdocs.com. Again, it's www.ansdocs.com. Docs.com, excuse me. Um, okay, I'm very excited today. I brought back our guest from last week, Dr. Michael LaSalle. Um, I was very intrigued by the conversation, and uh, since it's Men's Health Month, I wanted to get in some, into the topic more uh, intensely this week and speak about that. Dr. LaSalle is a private practice attending urologist um, surgeon at St. Barnabas Medical Center. Uh, his address for his office is 200 South Orange Avenue, Suite 228, and he can be reached at 973-322-0133. Good morning, Dr. LaSalle. Good morning. I'm going to give another website a couple times uh, during the show. Dr. LaSalle has a great website for uh, for the men to um, dial into or actually uh, log into to answer a lot of questions and post questions. Um, it's New Jersey Men's Health dot Innovative away.com and we'll give that more and more and you can call the station about it um, okay so today's topic because it's men's health I thought we'd get a really um, deep conversation about men's health because uh, us men don't like to ask a lot about our health and we avoid getting treatment for a lot of things all the time so since it is men's health month I want to ask you dr. Sal what is men's health uh, thank you. Um, Men's Health Month has really been a focus on on, on men addressing their, their health issues. Uh, Men's Health focuses on basically the heightening awareness of early detection as well as treatment of potential, what we say, clinical, uh, the physical reasons, the psychological reasons, as well as the um, lifestyle issues for men. And this is all to promote a, a life of wellness. Uh, men don't tend to want to address a lot of these issues, or they'll go out and they'll search either by a website or they'll look online. They go to social media, they talk to their friends, but many times they um, feel funny bringing up a lot of these com conversations with their doctor. Right. Um, some men's statistics I was reading through, and I just want to touch base with a few of them and get your comments on them. Um, I found out from our discussion that men live on an average uh, five to ten years less than women, and I want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, most men basically have, um, you know, as far as going to work, they have a lot of stress, you know, raising families. Um, doing a lot of things that they would, would normally do. But most men, you know, during their lifetime achieve several um, health issues, and many times such as high blood pressure, they develop diabetes, um, they tend to get overweight with all the 
new uh, diets and things that people say that are out there. But uh, basically, we eat a lot of fast foods. We're not as healthy as we were. And people end up having other health issues that over time really stress the body, stresses the mind. And then a combination of the stress of the mind and body uh, cause people to have breakdowns of those systems. Okay. Another one that kind of startled me is approximately 50% of men develop cancer in their lifetime. And that, that really took me by surprise. And um, of course, it's true. But why is that? Uh, nobody really knows 100% why people develop cancers um, for any one particular reason. But let's use a lifestyle issue. What a, a lot of men smoke. Okay, smoking has been associated with many diseases. Um, smoking, as far as like uh, lung cancer, uh, people have issues with either bladder cancer, um, certain types of um, things that have been highly associated with the, with the use of smoking. Um, outside of cancers, as we talked about in our previous show, you know, issues with like erectile dysfunction um, is always because there's vascular disease associated with the um, blood flows getting into the system and not being as effective because the uh, smoking causes problems. Nobody knows if it causes cancer specifically in other systems, but we believe that that one particular lifestyle does cause some cancers. Uh, when you look at people who have colorectal cancers, uh, certain dietary things may cause cancers, and we don't tend to have the best diets. Right. What What are the leading causes of illness in men? Um, that men are since we're in Men's Health Month. Um, I want to focus on that. Let's go through some major major leading causes of illness in men, if we can. Sure. Um, probably when you look at all the breakdowns, there, there are several things that we can bring up. But the most common things are heart disease, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, cancer, as we just mentioned. Um, people have a higher risk in near field, as you know, a stroke, and that's right. a, a big one. Uh, smoking and all other lung-related disorders, you know, you have lung disease based on people having chronic long-term smoking. One of the hardest things that I see in uh, my practice is when a patient comes in and we'll ask them, well, do you smoke? And they say, I don't smoke. <laughs> I said, well, did you ever smoke? Because I always ask the question wrong until I correct myself. And they said, oh, yeah, I smoked for about 25 years, a pack or two a day. Right. And they said, but I stopped, so I should be okay. And I said, well, it was probably worse that you smoked 20, 20 years ago or 10 years ago and you smoked for that long because the repercussions of that happen over time. Right. Um, I mean, other other areas, as you talked about, as far as like, um, you know, risk factors or d potential illnesses, you know, also include things like osteoarthritis, orthopedics and sports injuries, which are very, very high. Um, you know, other areas such as gastrointestinal disorders, colorectal cancer, you know, to name a few. But as simple things of lack of exercise, right. uh, poor dental hygiene, believe it or not, which has been associated with um, cardiovascular disease, really? um, poor eye care, mental health, or just some of those you know, other factors. Okay, so basically it's, it's from what I'm reading, is men in general don't take care of themselves the way they should. Um, and that's from, I, I actually thankfully do do that. I take care of myself very well. But as I got older, when I was younger, like, you know, I have children now and just trying to get them on the right habits, um, it's very important to take care of yourself, especially when you're getting older. I notice every morning there's something different with my body, a new ache, a new pain, uh, things I used to be able to do that I can't, and it's changing that. But I notice for me it's nutrition and exercise have made me feel really younger. I actually feel much better than I did a couple of years ago just from the exercise. So that's very important for all the men listening out there. What are the major obstacles uh, to men seeking um, 
medical. A lot of men, um, and I, I am still liked a little bit, try to prescribe themselves and fix things on their own and hope things go away. And that probably adds to these problems. But what are the major obstacles to men achieving or going to the doctor? Well, there are several obstacles. I mean, it's, um, it's always hard because when you really sit down... It, over the years, you know, urology, because we deal with all kinds of aspects of, of men's related issues having to do with their reproductive health, um, their prostate, um, you know, erectile dysfunction, you know, many areas that deal with the general urinary system between the kidneys, the ureters, the bladder, the prostate, uh, and the reproductive uh, organs. Many men, you know, end up coming to see us first, even though they really don't have a primary care physician. <clears throat> and as if you remember from our last, um, you know, broadcast, that many of the men come in and have underlying problems that may not have been detected if we hadn't asked the question. They come in usually when there's a problem. So, you know, the number one thing that we see is that men don't always have a primary care physician. So they don't necessarily have the identifiable trust in a doctor to actually have a sit down and say, hey, listen, something's going wrong. Um, many times people uh, or men believe that there's probably nothing just wrong with me. So why should I even bother going? And when something does happen, they tend to just push it off and say, "It's uh, you know, I, I worked out too much, right. or, I, or I, you know, I over, <laughs> I overdid it when I was when I was mowing the lawn, right. or uh, you know, I just did uh, overdid it during the day, and something else could be wrong." Um, something that you just said just tr triggered something in me. What are those little things that, and I do it all the time as you're talking, I wake up and I'll say, oh, I, I must have worked out too hard. What are things that men should be very, very um, alerted to? Um, and, and I'm just going to bring up like hematuria or blood in the urine. I know that would, if that happened to me, I would say, oh, I need to go see a doctor. What are those subtle symptoms that a man would get that, that really they should go see a physician? Well, you know, the... Issues are, of course, if you have any issues with chest pain, you know, it's always a significant one because it could be something with gastroesophageal reflux or it could be early signs of a heart attack. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have anything wrong, but those are the probably some of the most common things that are happening and people tend to wait too long before they address those issues. In terms of blood, blood in the urine can be the most simple of, of things. It could be a urinary tract infection. It could be uh, a kidney stone uh, just moving or, or roaming around. But when we look at other histories of blood in the urine, such as uh, occupational exposure, again, smoking, uh, working with certain dyes, um, certain industries have higher risks of, um, of, um, of uh, chemicals that we work with over years that can cause uh, a malignancy, a cancer of the kidney, a cancer of the ureter, a cancer sometimes of the bladder. So sometimes when people see it, they'll just say, oh, it just happened once and it went away. Right. But meanwhile, when you sit down with them and you start asking the correct questions, you know, there's something else going on and they should have it worked up. Right. Um, a lot of times people, uh, I'll be talking to a lot of my friends and family and they say, yeah, I should go to the doctor, but I don't, I don't know who to go to. And they leave it at that. Um, being a physician, what would you suggest? How would people, how do people find a primary care physician when they don't have a physician? And can you go to urologists like yourself as a primary care? Do you see patients or are specialists just specialists? It, great question. Uh, you know, the urologist has traditionally men used to see a primary care physician who took care of all their general problems and then they would sort of send it out. If they had a urological problem, they would send it to the urologist. But what we're seeing more often now is urology as I quote unquote a portal to men's health because many times when the, uh, and again, I'm going to use the same example we use with erectile dysfunction. 
men come in because something's wrong. It's just it's not working correctly. And when you start asking the simple questions, do you have high blood pressure? Do you have high cholesterol? Do you have um, uh, coronary artery disease? Do you have smoking? Do you have anger or depression? Are you overweight? There are many things that somebody may not know that, but when we do some basic testing for it, we find out, hey, listen, you need, really need to see a primary care physician. You need to see a cardiologist. You may need to see an endocrinologist. So getting back to your original question, how do you actually find a physician? If they were to go to their doctor and they feel comfortable with that doctor, um, you can ask the doctor, hey, listen, you know, who takes care of you? Who, who uh, does your family go to? Who, uh, uh, who would you recommend? And many times that's where it starts. It's a kind of a reverse where they're coming in and they tr you build a trust factor with your physician and then you ask the right questions and then sometimes it's it can be steered that way with um, the internet being available uh, we can access and get a lot of information on physicians but it doesn't give you the one-on-one -on -one. it doesn't give you that specific you know am I going to relate to that doctor am I going to be able to feel comfortable speaking to them and I think that you have to really be um, uh, comfortable with with understanding that you know it's hard to just get up and see the person however then you have to have a relationship with them because it's an ongoing relationship okay that makes a lot of sense um, it is men's health month and I know a lot of my listeners are men out there so I'm going to give the call-in number um, and this is your chance while you're thinking about asking a question it's 973-267-9687 you have uh, Dr. LaSalle live on the air here so uh, you can get your consultation so to speak um, let's continue on the topic um, of men's health, um, a lot of times, even even me, sometimes I think men don't want to hear certain things. And do you find that um, that's the way because people or men avoid going to the doctors? They just don't want to hear uh, what may be wrong or what they need to do to improve their health. Absolutely, I think that when the, the when the jaw drops the most and you can see the the uh, the person on the other end from the doctor to patient relationship and he says hey uh, you know listen you're overweight you smoke you have uh, diabetes nobody wants to hear that i think it's a it's a great opportunity though for people to break down a barrier with the physician and say hey listen i we know that there's some problems let's try and take a plan or develop a plan that works well for you and men tend to be much better when you just sit there and listen to them once you open up, I say, the confessional, they walk in and it's kind of like the confessional. They say all the things and then they feel much better once they've actually left because they are able to say, listen, it's been bothering me for three years. It's been bothering me for six years. Well, why didn't you do it? And they said, I just didn't feel comfortable with the person I was talking to. Okay. And is could it also be uh, because of something that I've heard a word, uh, testophobia or probophobia <laughs> that, uh, that you've written down? Is that is that true? Is that something that's real, do you believe? As much as we want to be serious about everything, uh, the testophobe or the, the, uh, the uh, I call it probophobe, is that no man wants a probe put into him. Right. Nobody wants to have a, uh, you know, a digital rectal exam if they come to a urologist. Nobody wants to have a bunch of blood tests and things. But when you find out that most of these things are relatively simple, um, it's not such a big deal. And I think there's more of a fear associated with going out and understanding it. Or you have, uh, you know, many family members or people pushing them to go and they just don't want to. You know, going back to some of the, you know, reasons why, you know, we, we talk about, you know, not going in out. Men, as you know, like to tough it out. But also, you know, it takes time to actually stop what they're doing. And many people have a very active lifestyle. They're working hard. They're stressed at work. They bring it home with them. They have the responsibilities of family, children. So they always tend to come last. Right. Exactly. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Dr. LaSalle again on Urology, a portal into men's health. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. 
Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. WMTR. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Uh, we're here again with Dr. Michael LaSalle speaking about uh, urology, a portal into men's health. I want to give you that uh, email address for newjerseymenshealth.innovateaway.com. Um, I would really uh, want you guys to sign into that just to look at it, and, and it's another way you can post questions and get a lot of the questions um, about what we're discussing today. Um, I want to basically jump into, again, our, the title of today's show is A Portal into Men's Health and Why is Urology a Portal into Men's Health? And, and we've learned a lot of different things about that. I want to touch base a little bit on a, on a very important topic while we have the time, because the show is, is rather short, is prostate, uh, prostate cancer. Um, what is the prevalence of prostate cancer in men? It's, uh, it's actually one in six men can develop prostate cancer, believe it or not. Um, prostate cancer is um, usually something that's not necessarily you feel symptoms for. Okay. And many men, uh, as you know, use a couple things, PSA testing, which is called prostate-specific antigen. And it's a blood test. It's a simple blood test. And then also the digital rectal exam. Uh, uh, seeing a doctor that has experience, obviously, the general uh, primary care physician or a urologist are usually the people that see the patients and have that taken care of. Uh, many times if the PSA is elevated, um, you can uh, find out that there's a simple way of you know, biopsying the prostate and finding detecting prostate cancer, but many times there are no symptoms. Okay. Well, the PSA test, what are you looking for exactly? I mean, as men, we all say, oh, I had my PSA today, but we really don't know what that is. What are you looking for? Um, PSA is a, is a specific area within the prostate. It's a cell within the prostate gland that sometimes when it's overactive, um, it can start shedding some of this, this, um, uh, these cells into, the, into your system. And normally, <clears throat> the body will break down you know, a certain number of cells, uh, a condition called apoptosis, uh, where it's like programmed cell death. You can have inflammation of the prostate that can irritate the cells and spill it over. But prostate cancer cells are when the cells actually start to divide and, and start to invade other cells, and it breaks down and the PSA starts going up. Uh, the interesting thing is you can have a normal PSA and still have prostate cancer, or you can have a markedly elevated PSA and not have it. So that's where the understanding, and there's a lot of controversy in this field. It's a whole show in itself in terms of discussing uh, the aspects of prostate cancer detection. But uh, PSA, for the most part, if your PSA value is under 4, it's considered to be normal. If the PSA value between 4 and 10 is, is kind of like a gray zone, anything above 10 is, is prostate cancer until proven otherwise. But infections of the prostate, prostatitis being one of the most common, uh, can markedly elevate the PSA and it can be still normal. So we also look at other parameters 
parameters in terms of the PSA. Uh, if you see a rapid, rapid rise over a period of time, that's a lot more alarming. Uh, and it's just a matter of having that discussion with your primary care physician or your urologist and seeing if uh, you know there's a problem with you. Okay. Another thing that uh, I think men, uh, we always talk about, is the digital uh, rectal exam. That's probably one of the things we all like the least. Um, when you're doing that, uh, of course, you're, I guess you're checking the size of the prostate, and through the rectum is how, I guess, the easiest way to do that. Um, what are you looking for with that? And um, I, I know my dad suffered from an enlarged prostate just from growing up and, you know, listening to certain things. What causes that, and is that a common thing in, in men? And, and tell us a little bit just about an enlarged prostate that, that doesn't mean you have cancer. Sure. Um, <clears throat> when we're feeling the prostate, we're basically looking for just some very – It's first of all, it only takes literally, literally, it, it's a very simple, short process. Right. You know, it can take a little like 10 seconds, 15 seconds to actually do the exam, uh, depending on what you feel. It, usually we look for symmetry of the prostate. Is it equal on both sides? Is there a hard area or a nodule of the prostate gets a little bit more alarming because that usually indicates an abnormal growth sometimes within the gland, and that could be a prostate cancer. Is the prostate firm? Is the prostate um, uh, uh, boggy? Does it feel like there's something else going on? And then the actual size, is it very large or is it small? The normal size of the prostate is estimated to be about the size of a walnut, about okay. 25 to 30 cc's. We have patients that come in and you know their prostates are 300 cc's. Uh, the size of a grapefruit <laughs> uh, could be very large, but they don't necessarily have symptoms. So what are the normal symptoms? Uh, incomplete bladder emptying, urinary frequency, um, getting up at night to go to the bathroom, um, straining to urinate, uh, ultimately, as I said, a weak urinary stream, uh, urgency to go to the bathroom, and a sensation that you know, you're, you're having intermittency where you're stopping and going. Many times men present to us with those symptoms, and then we start looking at other things. Is the PSA normal? Is the digital rectal exam normal? Uh, and many times you can just uh, go on, as I said, on that site. We actually have some of the questionnaires uh, at njmenshealth.innovateaway.com where you can actually take a little you know, uh, survey on yourself to see if you really have those problems and then you grade it in terms of mild symptoms, moderate symptoms, and severe symptoms and whether or not you actually can see a doctor for that. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's so many different things that come in, but many men present just with blockage symptoms, but blockage symptoms or uh, urgency symptoms, irritative symptoms, such as frequency and urgency or getting up at night may or may not indicate that there's anything wrong with the prostate other than enlargement. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to try to, in the next coming weeks, hopefully this month, to actually have a show um, just on prostate and cancer and large prostate. So, um, uh, you know, listeners, please uh, stay tuned for when that comes up. I will announce that um, uh, when it when it does come up, um, we are getting close to the end of the show, but I want to touch a little bit on uh, vasectomies. That's something uh, with men's health. Um, let's touch a little bit. Um, why do men not want to do it? Most feared procedure in the world is a vasectomy. Okay, <laughs> uh, I've never had more people actually try and come in or cancel an appointment. Uh, they're usually getting nagged by by someone else, usually their spouse, asking them to get it done, and uh, you want to see somebody turn turn uh, you know right. Panic. uh, panicked. Uh, you talk about it, but really, it's not. It's actually a very simple procedure. It's a form of uh, 
birth control for the male, and it's much easier to do than having a, a wife having to go through a tubal ligation right. or a, a different type of procedure or even being on birth control. Uh, it's very interesting. We There's a lot of issues now coming out, some newer data about women that take birth control for long periods of time that have uh, issues with female sexual dysfunction, hormone-related issues, and also issues that affect their, their genitals adversely as they, they get older. Right. So long-term use of birth control is has an adverse effect not only on the women, but um, it's a very simple for, procedure for a male to, to do a vasectomy. Uh, it doesn't take long at all. It's a very short procedure. It can be done either under local uh, anesthetic. Sometimes we give sedation. Some people do want to have you know, anesthesia for it because they're really <laughs> totally nervous about it. Uh, but it's uh, just removing a small segment of the tube that transports the sperm up to the um, uh, uh, into the ejaculate, which uh, again is part of what allows us to have children. Uh, some of the most common. I guess concerns and why people fear it is they think that something's going to happen to their erections right. or they're going to have an issue with their ejaculate. And the answer is it, it does not. It okay. really doesn't. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of myths that are out there. I think the hardest thing is that a guy talks to another guy. If he had a positive experience, it's the easiest thing to get him in the office. If he's had a negative experience there's in doing the it, there's a problem. And I think that that's where all the fear comes along. So it's it's actually a very, very simple and cost-effective way for, for a person to get it done. Okay. Um, what is the role of the internet? Um, in closing, I really want to uh, end the show in, in a strong point, um, focusing on um, your website. Um, what is the role of the internet uh, for the male patient and for the physician? And um, let's just a little bit more about your website. Well, I think in general, what we're trying to do is close the gap between the patient to doctor interaction, because let's face it, at the end of the day, people go to the internet and they get a tremendous amount of information. I think three quarters of the office visits now are trying to disclaim what's actually been seen or evaluated on the internet when one actually visit with somebody and says, here, here's an article, what do you think? And they're anecdotal uh, types of responses that people believe is associated with them. And that's where the doctor-patient relationship is so sacred. The patient has to, or the person has to really feel comfortable talking to the doctor and try and get rid of these myths. I think as you get more directed over time with your physician to tell you, hey, listen, these are things that are frequently asked questions. These are things that you should be looking at, or it's kind of vetted information. I think that that's where the merger of the of this, of the internet and, and the physician are going to become very valuable you know, in the future. Uh, People, and especially men, are really reluctant to go. And when now the, the benefit is that they are going out and seeking the information. Now it's a matter of just connecting them to the physicians and, and being aware that these, these tools exist. I think it's great that the information's out there, but it's got to be used in a very correct manner. Right. And the new website, again, um, is NewJerseyMensHealth.InnovateAway.com. Um, please just take a look at that website, and um, you can get a lot of the, the answers to the questions that we were talking about today. Um, again, I want to give some um, some final numbers. Again, for Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists to reach us, it's 973-285-7800. Um, remember, we are the largest subspecialized neurosurgery group, so anyone suffering from back pain, give us a call, and we can definitely get, get you on the road. Surgery is the last option, even though we are called a neurosurgery group. That is the last option with us. Um, you can reach us on the web at www.ans.com. To reach Dr. LaSalle, 
Again, he's at 200 South Orange Avenue, Suite 228 in Livingston, New Jersey. His office number is 973-322-0133. Give his office office a call, and if you wanted to meet him and sit with him, um, even though most of people didn't want to call in today, you can meet with him personally and, and ask these questions. Visit his website. Um, and get these questions. Again, it is Men's Health Month, so I'm going to try to have another show before the month ends. Um, Again, I'm going to give the uh, erectile dysfunction and low testosterone um, they're having on Wednesday, June 19th, 2013, which is this year, of course, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's going to be at the Barnabas Health Ambulatory Care Center. That's 200 South Orange Avenue, Livingston, New Jersey, and Conference Room AB. And again, visit that website, theinnovateaway.com, for more information. I want to thank everyone for listening today. Have a great day, and I will talk to you next Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Play the family of spectacular.